You know what I should have done earlier that I'm going to do now? I never introduced myself in any of the episodes that I recorded, so some listeners do not know who I am. I'm Emmanuel Hayford, and I'm originally from Accra, Ghana. I've been doing Ruby on Rails professionally since 2016, but I started learning it a bit earlier through Sinatra. Before Ruby on Rails and Ruby, I was a Joomla and WordPress developer. I currently live in Wrocław, Poland, which is where I've lived most of my adult life, and I do a ton of sports. I also play some casual chess, but I do like to talk a lot about Ruby, and I do like to talk about Rails. So now that I think that we've got the introduction out of the way... Today I'm bringing you the third episode of the Rails Changelog and I have with me our first guest co-host Greg. Greg is a fellow This Week in Rails co-editor. He has been a Rails developer for over a decade and is an OSCP certified pen tester. Welcome to the show Greg. Hi everybody, thanks for having me Emmanuel. Greg, you know what I was doing yesterday? I set up a sort of like a dummy application. And then what I did in the application is I set the index to be a thousand characters, right? And inside the migration. And when I ran the migration, I got argument error, index name too long. Have you, have you had this error before? Yes. So actually, this is the first item on my list of stuff to report. And this is a PR that's been merged into Rails main. And I think it's coming out with Rails 7.1. What basically this PR is going to do is that it's going to, I mean, like it already has, um, it's going to format, it's going to, sorry, it's going to change the way the generator works. So the generator would sort of like try to consider the limits that um, different databases have set on the index names. And then it will set a shorter index name for the generated name that Rails generates for you, right? And I think one of the cool things about this PR is that it also sort of like adds some kind of a hash to the end of this name so that you have a unique name across board. Yeah, yeah. now I see what you meant. And I had this issue in the past many times, but I never really bothered looking into fixing it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to set my na- index name to a shorter variant and then it's all done. So I'm really glad someone took the effort and fixed it for everybody. My first new item, news item is about the Rails Foundation. They Last week, they announced that they will publish more information on the Rails blog about what they are working on. They also announced that CDARCOR became one of the new founding, contributing members, sorry the foundation and just as today they announced the news i was waiting for it's the conference they are organizing <laughs> because it will happen in europe so for us europeans it's easier to attend it will happen in october 5th and 6th in amsterdam in netherlands and i can't wait to be there are you coming yeah of course i can see your excitement because like for a long time i think Rails developers in Europe in particular have been like, okay, I'll speak for myself. Uh, One of the reasons why I wasn't so keen on attending 
um, real scumph is because of the distance. It's sort of a bit um, inconvenient for me because it's too far. Not that I wouldn't like to attend. I would attend uh, reals, any real scumph in a heartbeat, but it feels like a chore. Like I have to plant so many stuff and then get to the years. So finally that we are going to have this in Europe, I think it's a very good thing for real developers in Europe. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. The reason I never went to Railscom because it's in the US. Traveling there means I need to sort out my visa because Hungary needs. I actually I don't think we need a visa now, but still we need to do like an uh, fill out a form, and then you can enter the US. And they might just reject it. They they might turn you around at the airport. Yeah, and that's also a risk for people who have to apply for visas and stuff like that. Yeah, all the same. I think I I think. The first and only RailsConf that I attended was um, RailsConf two, 2018 in Pittsburgh. It was it was really great. And I always looked forward to attending it again. But the distance, I mean, like, really put me off. But anyway, we're looking forward to October, right? Is it October 5th and October 6th? Oh, yeah, October 5th and 6th. And uh, you can't buy tickets as of yet, but they will be have a, they will have a website. That's what the announcement said soon and there will be more information about call for papers hotel uh, bookings and the actual venue because we don't know where it's going to be we only know that it's going to be in amsterdam do you have any idea how much the ticket prices are going to be uh they published that and i think the early word is 200 euros or dollars we're going to be in amsterdam so euros <laughs> yeah but you never know maybe they want us dollars you never know but yeah 200 euros for the early birds and 300 for the general tickets and it's going to be a 650 limit I think, yeah, 650 tickets will be available. So hurry. When they announce that you can buy the ticket, I think it's better to hurry up before it runs out. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Greg, have you used direct uploads in Rails before? I tried it when it came out, but I haven't used it in a real-life application yet. Uh, Okay. So for listeners uh, that do not know what direct uploads are, direct uploads is just uploading from the client side directly onto the cloud storage platform there's this pr that does something quite interesting here Uh, what this pr is doing is it enables for custom headers to be used during direct uploads now you'd be able to use um, several forms of authorization including better tokens or api keys through headers so the next item I want to talk about is a uh, pull request adding Marshall dump and Marshall load to Active Record Base. This pull request basically has a new implementation because there was a different one before. And this new format changes how the objects are serialized. It will only use basic Ruby core objects, which will prevent the issue of you are trying to deserialize something in the future, which was serialized with a an internal Rails class, which has been removed from Rails. So it will be safer. And also the payload size is smaller. And because of the smaller payload size, it's probably also faster. And this will be an opt-in thing. It will be uh, off by default, but you can uh, set a config variable to enable it. The next item I have in front of me essentially sets character sets in content type response headers. Greg, I know you are a certified ethical hacker. Maybe you can tell us something about this one. 
Yes, sure. So this pull request is actually not really fixing a security issue. It's just tidying up things because the content type header was set before in Rails, but it, it missed the character set. And I don't really see any way to use this for malicious intents, but setting the header is pretty important because if you don't set it, then the browser will try to do a thing called content sniffing, which is uh, it's trying to figure out how to interpret the response data from the server. So let's say you have an endpoint when you are returning a plain text response and you don't set the content type header, the browser will, will interpret that as plain text as long as a potential attacker can find a way to inject data to the response and trick the browser into interpreting it as JavaScript. So Let's say I can find an injection in your application where I can modify the data you will return to the client and I can inject an XSS payload. And then I also find a cross-site request forgery. So I can make a potential victim click a button and when they click that button, the browser in their context will make a request to the server to this plain text resource, but it will set the request content type to text HTML. So when the response is coming back from the server, it will be interpreted as JavaScript. And then I can execute JavaScript in the context of the victim's browser, which means I can steal their session token. I can open a fake Google page and ask them to enter their Google credentials, or I can check if they have any vulnerabilities in the browser which they are using and try to take get access to their whole computer. So this is a small issue, which chained together with other small issues can lead to a big security issue. The next thing I want to mention is a pull request into Rails, which aliases action controller parameters except as without. The reason for this change is that action controller parameter is basically behaves like a hash within different access. So it has except. But in hash indifferent hash with indifferent access, except is also aliased as without, but in action control parameters it wasn't aliased before. So now this pull request makes them it just aligns the two interfaces. So if you if you are like me and action control parameters is always in your mind, it's just a hash, then now you know that you can call except and without on it because it behaves basically as a hash. On March 30th. Ruby release Ruby 3.2.2 and that comes after the recent release of 3.2.1 and in this release they fix a vulnerability that's a Redos vulnerability in URI and in the time module. So this vulnerability, this Redos um, thing is about regular expression denial of service and the vulnerability uh, in question is basically taking advantage of the fact that Regex implementations sort of like spend time trying to figure out matches in complex, complex inputs. So an attacker, having discovered that they can attack you this way, they would basically provide an input that would eat up all of your resources this is a very important update. So if you have 3.2.1, it makes sense to make the upgrade to 3.2.2 immediately.
Yes, and you can also mitigate this issue from Ruby 3.2, I believe. That is this regex, regex timeout uh, option, which you can set to a reasonable value. And every regular expression you have in your application will be timed out within this period. So let's say you set it to five seconds and then nobody can really DDoS you anymore. But that's a new thing. So probably a lot of applications don't have that set anyways, and it's best to just upgrade. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Rails Changelog. Thanks for coming on the show, Greg. Thanks for having me, Emmanuel. Thank you.